This program is brought to you by Israel Restoration Ministries. What are you doing Sunday nights? Come join Friendship with God radio Bible teacher Tom Cantor of the Friendship with God Fellowship Church every Sunday night at 5.30 p.m. at The Vine at 9336 Abraham Way, Santee, California. Watch and listen live around the world to Tom Cantor Sunday evening on YouTube.com by searching for Friendship with God Fellowship or by going to our homepage at friendshipwithgod.org. That's friendshipwithgod.org. Welcome to Friendship with God with our Bible teacher, Tom Cantor. Today's message and previous messages can be listened to or downloaded for free at friendshipwithgod.org. What is described in verse 4 is what the Bible calls specifically judgment without mercy. There is something that the Bible calls judgment without mercy. In James 2.13, James 2.13, for he shall have judgment without mercy that has showed no mercy. The Bible calls this falling into the hands of the living God, and the Bible calls this something to be greatly afraid of, to greatly fear in Hebrews 10.31, Hebrews 10.31. It is a fearful thing to fall into the hands of the living God. And so God has invited a person to call on him. There is no doubt about it. In the scripture, God has said that, call to me, call to me, Jeremiah 33.3, Jeremiah 33.3. God said, call unto me, and I will answer thee and show thee great and mighty things which thou knowest not. Call unto me, and I will answer thee. That is a promise from God. But here is a situation in verse three where God promises to not answer a person who calls on him for help. This is a person, this is a judgment without mercy. This is a person who is rejected by God. This is a horrible state to be rejected by God. This is a horrible state to be earnestly crying out to God and have God not answer because God has rejected that person. And the question is, why would a person ever be rejected by God? What happened and what happens to make a person to be rejected by God? What did that person do to make God reject him? And the answer is given to us in how a person treats another person, a personified person who is called wisdom. Wisdom. In Proverbs 1.20, Proverbs 1.20, Proverbs 1.20, this passage stands at the door of the book of wisdom, the book of Proverbs, in the first chapter, in verse 20, Proverbs 1.20, where it says, wisdom crieth without. She uttereth her voice in the streets. She crieth in the chief place of concourse, in the openings of the gates. In the city she uttereth her words, saying, How long, ye simple ones, will you love simplicity, and the scorners delight in their scorning, and fools hate knowledge? 
turn you at my reproof. Behold, I will pour out my spirit unto you. I will make known my words unto you because I have called and you refused. I have stretched out my hand and no man regarded, but you have set at naught all my counsel and would none of my reproof. I also will laugh at your calamity. I will mock when your fear cometh. When your fear cometh as a desolation and your destruction cometh as a whirlwind, when distress and anguish come upon you, then shall they call upon me, but I will not answer. They shall seek me early, but they shall not find me. For that they hated knowledge and did not choose the fear of the Lord, they would none of my counsel, they despised all my reproof. Therefore shall they eat of the fruit of their own way and be filled with their own devices." For the turning away of the simple shall slay them, the prosperity of fools shall destroy them. But whosoever hearkeneth unto me shall dwell safely and shall be quiet from the fear of evil. God wants us to know very clearly what happens to a person when he's rejected by God. He wants us to know why a person would ever be rejected by God. And so God has for us in this section of Proverbs 120 through 33, in this whole section, which is, makes up a whole half of the first chapter of Proverbs, he wants us to understand the most important question, which is, why is a person rejected by God? And there is one word that stands out in verse 24 of Proverbs 1, Proverbs 124, Proverbs 124, and it's the word because, because. There is a cause, there is a reason. And this is wisdom, wisdom. It's how they treat wisdom. Wisdom is portrayed as a person. Wisdom has a voice, wisdom is a voice. It's a voice of the Bible. The Bible is called the word of Christ in Colossians 3.16, Colossians 3.16 it says, let the word of Christ dwell in you richly in all wisdom. The person who God rejects, the person who God rejects has not just been spoken to by Christ, but this person has been cried to by Christ in Proverbs 1.20, Proverbs 1.20. Wisdom crieth without, Proverbs 1.21, 1.21. She crieth in the chief, in the chief place. The person, the person that God rejects has heard the voice of wisdom, and the voice of wisdom is crying, and among the many things that wisdom is saying are two words, how long? How long? That's the question that's not being responded to. How long? Like Dr. Phil says, how's that been working out for you? How long? Proverbs 122, Proverbs 122, how long? You simple ones, will you love the simplicity of scorners delight in their scorning, fools hate knowledge. In other words, the question's coming from God, hasn't it been long enough? Hasn't it been long enough living in a life of sin? Hasn't it been long enough to not have a life of peace and security? Hasn't it been long enough to fear death and what's gonna happen to me after I die? Hasn't it been long enough to not have God as a friend? Hasn't life been long enough? Hasn't it been long enough of just faking it? 
when it comes to knowing God, coming to church? Hasn't it been long enough to, to just keep saying, later, later, I'll consider coming to Christ later, later. The person who rejects, who's rejected by God has refused to turn away from his sin, which means he's refused to repent of his sin. Because in Proverbs 123, Proverbs 123, wisdom is clearly saying, turn you at my reproof. That's repentance. Proverbs 125, Proverbs 125, they would none of my reproof. Nothing to do with that. I don't want anything to do with it. I don't want anything to do about hearing that I'm a sinner. I don't want anything to do with hearing about my sin. I don't want to hear anything about turning away from my sin. That's what Proverbs 125 is saying, with none of my reproof. It's very simple. There are four T's. Four T's that a person must do to not be rejected by God. The first T is for tell. Tell God I am a sinner. This person did not, this person who was rejected by God did not and would not tell God he was a sinner. The second T is for turn, turn from sin. This person refused to respond. As a matter of fact, when this person heard the Bible speak, this person looked down on the Bible and made fun of the Bible. That's what it means in Proverbs 1.30, Proverbs 1.30, they despised all my reproof. The third T is for trust, trust Christ. This person had no interest in trusting Christ when presented with the choice of accepting Christ as Savior. This person took the road of Proverbs 129, Proverbs 129, hated knowledge and did not choose the fear of the Lord. And the last T is tell, tell others, tell others. If you've trusted Christ, Tell others you've trusted Christ. And for this person, it was just out of the question. This person re, that, that God rejects couldn't care, could not care less that God was reaching, stretching, pleading with him in Proverbs 124. Proverbs 124, I have called and you refused. I have stretched out my hand and no man regarded Proverbs 125, 125, you have set at naught all my counsel. God did everything for this person that God rejected. At first, this person was so accepted by God, and God was saying to this person, there's nothing that I would not do if only this person would just humble himself, fall before Christ just look what, what God offered to this person. If this person would have just said the words, I don't know, I don't know, but I want to know. If this person would have just said, I don't know the Bible, but I want to know the Bible. God said as a promise in Proverbs 123, Proverbs 123, behold, I will pour out my spirit unto you. I will make known my words unto you. That was God saying that, he would pour out his spirit to this person, and this is exactly what God does for a believer. He comes, God comes to a believer in the person of God, the Holy Spirit, and makes his home in every believer. Galatians 1.16, Galatians 1.16, to reveal his son in me. 
That was the Apostle Paul who said that he was so amazed to have discovered that Jesus Christ in the person of the Spirit of Christ, the Holy Spirit of God, who is called in 1 Peter 1.11, 1 Peter 1.11, the Spirit of Christ which was in them. When a person comes to Jesus Christ, God the Holy Spirit comes and lives in that person. Romans 8.9, Romans 8.9, the Spirit of God dwell in you. And when the Holy Spirit lives in a believer, that the Holy Spirit becomes the tutor, becomes the mentor, becomes the teacher, becomes the guide in that person. And the Holy Spirit coming into that person immediately begins his classes, teaching who God is, who Jesus Christ is, and what it means, practically speaking, to trust Christ in daily life. The Spirit of God teaches the believer how to pray. The Spirit of God teaches the believer how to trust God. The Spirit of God teaches the believer how to turn away from sin and how to turn to God, how to resist temptation, how to build hope more and more with a tangible anticipation of heaven. That's what the teacher, the guide, the mentor, the tutor, the Holy Spirit does when he comes, not if, but when he comes to a believer because he comes in every believer. And when the Spirit of God comes to live in a believer, he immediately takes as much of the heart as the believer gives to him, is willing to surrender to God, and he trains that heart, that part of the heart, to love Jesus Christ. And when the Spirit of God comes to live in a believer, he immediately takes as much of the will that the believer is willing to give to God, to yield to God, and he guides that will to resist temptation, to resist sin, and to choose to follow God. When the Spirit of God comes to live in the heart of a believer, he waits patiently for the believer to give each part of his being, of his body, to God. And then the Spirit of God takes it. He takes the eyes that are given to, the, to, to God and he causes those eyes to see people. If God sees them, as God sees people, God sees everybody here in this room is in one of two categories, lost and in desperate need of Jesus Christ or saved and in need of encouragement. He takes a believer's hands. He guides those hands to do the will of God. He takes a believer's voice and he puts words in the mouth and messages, takes the money that the believer is willing to give and uses those for God's will. It takes the mind, teaches them the Bible. All these things are given as offerings to God and the Holy Spirit is right there. And so God makes the promise in Proverbs 1.23. Proverbs 1.23, I will pour out my spirit unto you. I will make known my words unto you. And all the person has to do is just agree in verse 23, Proverbs 1, 23, turn, turn you at my reproof. All the person has to do is just the four T's. Tell God is a sinner, turn from sin to Jesus Christ, trust Jesus Christ as Savior, tell others you trust in Christ. If he does that, then God will, Proverbs 1, 23, pour out my spirit unto you. What a wonderful new life starts when a person does that. 
It's a life of 2 Corinthians 5.17. 2 Corinthians 5.17, if any man be in Christ, he's a new creature. Old things, old things are passed away. All things are become new. And so God has offered all of this to Israel and then stepped back. God stepped back and said, tell me, what more could I have offered than this? Tell me, Israel, where, tell me, Israel, what did I hold back from you? And that's what God says today. What did I hold back when I gave my only son? Isaiah 5.4, Isaiah 5.4. What could have been done more to my vineyard than I have not done in it? 2 Chronicles 36, 36.15, 2 Chronicles 36.15. The Lord God of their fathers sent to them by his messengers rising up betimes and sending because he had compassion on his people and on his dwelling place. And then Jesus stands in front of Jerusalem and he pleads with Jerusalem and Jerusalem in Matthew 23, 37. Matthew 23, 37, when he says, oh, Jerusalem, Jerusalem, thou that killest the prophets, stonest them which are sent unto thee. How often would I have gathered thy children together even as a hen gathered her chickens under her wings? You would not. It's just so amazing. It's so amazing to just see God say, what more could I have done? What more could I have done to save them? I gave my only son, Jesus Christ, to die for their sins. What more could I have offered to help them? I offered the Holy Spirit of God to come and live in their heart forever, to never leave them, never forsake them. What more could I have done to persuade them to come to me? I send preachers, I send Christian family members, I send Christian friends who pleaded with them, prayed for them, come to Christ. And with all those great overtures of God, the person who did not turn is the person who, Proverbs 125, Proverbs 125, set at naught all my counsel and would not of me. Proverbs 129, Proverbs 129, they hated knowledge, did not choose the fear of the Lord. They would none of my counsel. They despised all my reproof. That's the person that God rejects. And when God stretched out his arm to come to Jesus Christ, that person said no to God. And God says now no to this person who now stretched out his arms to God. The consequences of this are unbelievable. It's the worst that can ever happen to any man when God says he hides his face from a person. That's when that person cries out to God and God just puts his face in his his hands. See, I I, I can't see you, I don't see you, I don't want want to see you. The face of God is so special in the Bible, so special. The face of God is what has to be seen in trouble. Psalm 102, Psalm 102, hide not thy face from me in the day when I am in trouble. Incline thine ear unto me in the day when I call, answer me speedily. The face of God brings peace to a man's heart, to a person's heart. This is the great blessing, the ironic blessing of Numbers 624. Numbers 624, the Lord bless thee and keep thee. The Lord make his, his face to shine upon thee and be gracious unto thee. The Lord lift up his face upon thee and give thee peace. When God pours out his Holy Spirit on a person, then God turns his face toward that person. Ezekiel 39, 29, Ezekiel 39, 29. Neither will I hide my face anymore from them, 
for I have poured out my spirit upon the house of Israel, saith the Lord God. When God turns his face on a person, then that person is saved. That is what salvation is, as Jacob said it so well when he named that place the face of God in Genesis 32.30. Genesis 32.30. Jacob called the name of the place Peniel, which means face of God. For I have seen God face to face and my life is saved. When God turns his face on a person, that means that that person is God's friend, like Moses was God's friend. Exodus 33, 11, Exodus 33, 11, the Lord spake unto Moses face to face as a man speaketh unto his friend. To see the face of God is to be so linked, is to be so linked to Jesus Christ as to have his name in the forehead of the person. Revelation 22, 3, Revelation 22, 3, there shall be no more curse, but the throne of God and of the Lamb shall be in it and his servants shall serve him, and they shall see his face, and his name shall be in their foreheads. When a person is cast into hell, that's when God hides his face from that person. Every person who's cast into hell, God hides his face. Psalm 143.7, Psalm 143.7. Hear me speedily, O Lord, my spirit faileth. Hide not thy face from me, lest I be like unto them that go down into the pit. Isaiah 64, 7, Isaiah 64, 7. There is none that calleth upon thy name that stirreth up himself to take hold of thee, for thou hast hid thy face from them and hast consumed them because of iniquities. Having God turn his face to a person means that the prayer of that person is heard by God. Psalm 22, 24, Psalm 22, 24, Jesus Christ on the cross said, he hath not despised nor abhorred the affliction of the afflicted, neither hath he hid his face from him, but when he cried unto him, he heard. That's what brings forgiveness and healing, the face of God. The face of God brings forgiveness and healing. Second Chronicles 7.14, 2 Chronicles 7.14, you all know this verse. If my people which are called by my name shall humble themselves and pray and seek my face, and turn from their wicked ways, then will I hear from heaven, forgive their sin, and heal their land. It's just the first T. It's just the first T of telling God he's a sinner, and then God shows his face. Isaiah, Hosea 5.15, Hosea 5.15, I will go and return to my place till they acknowledge their sin and seek my face. In their offense, they shall seek me early. When a person turns to God, and then God turns his face toward that person, that person looks at Jesus Christ and light comes into their soul. 2 Corinthians 4, 6, 2 Corinthians 4, 6, for God who commanded the light to shine out of darkness has shined in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. And that light that God says he'll shine out of the darkness, it means that a person will no longer be in the darkness having a darkness of a mind that's full of confusion. And all those things I read before, or did they not know? No more did they not know. Because did they, no more does a person not know, where did I come from? Why am I here? What's going to happen to me? Uh, uh, that's a head that's clouded with all the whys why is all this happening to me? 
thoughts that trouble, thoughts that bring him to his wit's end, that's all gone. It's a very serious thing to reject Jesus Christ because Jesus Christ said in John 8, 12, John 8, 12, then spake Jesus again unto them saying, I am the light of the world. He that followeth me shall not walk in darkness, but shall have the light of life. When a person comes to Jesus Christ, that person has a three-word title for his life, out of darkness, out of darkness, out of the darkness of the power of death over them. Tom Cantor's messages can be listened to and downloaded for free at friendshipwithgod.org. For other free resources, email us at tomcantor at friendshipwithgod.org or call us at 800-247-3051. Join our live services on YouTube by searching Friendship with God with Tom Cantor every Sunday at 5.30 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. What are you doing Sunday nights? Come join Friendship with God radio Bible teacher Tom Cantor of the Friendship with God Fellowship Church every Sunday night at 5.30 p.m. at The Vine at 9336 Abraham Way, Santee, California. Watch and listen live around the world to Tom Cantor Sunday evening on YouTube.com by searching for Friendship with God Fellowship or by going to our homepage at friendshipwithgod.org. That's friendshipwithgod.org. This program is brought to you by Israel Restoration Ministries.